Hello. Hello. There you are. Welcome to Unstuck with Jacqueline and Ryan. What's going on, people? <laughs> All right. It is our first ever, first ever podcast together. Y'all have no idea what you're in for. If you're on the treadmill right now, I just want you to know you're probably going to have a hard time because you're going to be laughing a lot. <laughs> it's going to hurt. So you better move over to the elliptical or the bike. One or the other. Something. Get stationary. <laughs> Somewhere where you don't have too far to fall. Oh, there you go. There you go. That That's a really, actually really good advice. That's life <laughs> advice right there. That's the first of many life advice that we're going to be giving you guys. <laughs> Oh man, that's awesome. All right. So how are things going? How's your week been? Busy. Very busy. We uh we left uh northeastern Washington. Uh, so Mount Vernon and then headed back down south. So now we are hanging out at old Camp Murray National Guard base. Ooh. How's that? <laughs> Bad. We of all the things surprising, the National Guard base is on a America Lake. I mean, I'm motivated now. America. America. Yeah. America, son. <laughs> if only the damn fish would jump right in the net because it's American Lake. Oh, my goodness. How long was that drive from where oh, you were? It was only were? two. Uh, by map, it was two hours. But by the day, it actually took five due to uh, traffic and, you know, Mr. Murphy showing his face when uh, on my tow vehicle. The brake system decided to say, hey, I'm not working. And uh, the alarms are going off for a good five minutes. So if any of you get like that sensory overload where things are beeping at you and you're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Now throw in some traffic. You know, you're thinking about shaking a baby. For those of you who know the AFN commercial, don't shake your baby. I never I never advise shaking your baby. <laughs> However, comma, man, I wanted to shake that machine. Oh, my God. So, yeah, it, it took a smidge to get here. So all's good now. Now now's good. Now you're settled. Yeah. Five hours later. Yeah. Five How? hours and then and another thing to do. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you have repairs to make. Yeah, yeah, I got that to make. And then uh, for those of you who haven't really, uh, you'll get to know us real good here and you'll get to stock our Facebooks. Mm -hmm. uh, if you ever go to mine, you'll find that uh, I'm having a fun deal right now with old Walmart. The good old Walmart. <laughs> They're, uh, and Honda, those guys. <laughs> Honda had to fix Walmart's problem, and uh, now I have to fix Walmart's problem yet again. But it's kind of Honda's, too. So I'm going to roll the old sleeves up and get some maintenance done. Dang, I'm stinking. Good thing that's your trade. I Seriously. I mean, don't tell anybody. People might make me do stuff. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> do so where are you now? Hi. Traveled. Um, what's today? Oh, wow. So I traveled on Monday to from California to back down to Texas. So I'm back in Southeast Texas and the trip just to get, it didn't take me five hours like it took you and I definitely wasn't driving, but the Uber ride from Long Beach to LAX was horrendous. Horrendous. <laughs> oh, the 405. Oh, well, that's the thing. The 405 is bad enough without jumping on the 110 and the 105. And the Uber driver thought that would be the best way to go. 
while he that was, wasn't smart. I that's what I said. While he's munching on double cheese Doritos and sipping coffee, just taking a sweet time. We were almost late. We almost missed our flight. No, no, no. And then no. I found out that I could run fast as the wind because we finally get on the plane. We're settled in, and I go to give that uh, customary text to the receiving party waiting for me that will be waiting for me at baggage claim. Hey, made it. We're good. I'll be there on time. And I left my phone in security. And Spirit Airlines, shout out to them. I was nervous about flying on, but shout out to them. They let me deboard the plane. Is that correct? Is it deplane? They let me deplane. Deplane, disembark. You know, same disembark. Thing. It wasn't a boat, but they let me deplane. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't the navy it's, it's an airboat <laughs> um they let me deplane because our gate was right beside security and i ran like uh like i'd never ran before and luckily i was the only dummy that left their phone in the in the crates going through the machine so they had it right there and i got my phone ran back to the plane we were good but i gotta tell i mean stress level was at a good eight and a half by the time I sat nice. down. Yeah. So you didn't, you didn't get the old customary uh, glaring eye from the TSA of, hey, we're going to need to do the extra inspection on you. You kind of look a little uh, terroristic. No. I have to tell you, Spirit Airlines, for the bad raps and the stories that I've, I've heard, they were amazing. And they were no. fun. They were just really nice. They were a fun group. Um, they do a raffle, I guess, on flights. And if you're... If your tray has a has a lucky or an unlucky sticker, it's called an unlucky yellow sticker. They give you ten thousand free miles just wow. for sitting in that seat, and that's like a free round trip ticket. You know that's going to somebody in like the middle seat. The guy. Oh in the yeah, it's a middle seat. That. You're right. It's the middle seat. <laughs> I was like, man. Next to the kid munching open mouth, eating on his Doritos and oh, the, the yeah. loud snore, and just oh yeah, like bro. <laughs> You need this. <laughs> but all in all, the flight was really good. I mean, we got in early. Uh, my seatmate was nice. She was very talkative. I had a great conversation with her. She was a true crime murderino like I was. So we talked all true crime and serial killers the whole way, which I'm sure oh. made other people around us a little nervous because we knew a lot. <laughs> what, what could go wrong at 30,000 feet talking about murder and stuff? We were comparing oh. notes on podcasts and documentaries <laughs> and our kids were looking at us like, y'all are weird. I just can't <laughs> deal with you. Oh, that's glorious. Yeah, so that's been my week. And then now I'm in 90 degree heat, 110% humidity. Um, cold inside, hot outside, but it's it's always nice being home. But I find it very interesting that the universe has put me at home this week while we're talking about this week's our very first our very first week episode, but we're talking First surviving minute. versus thriving this week. Ah, that's a good one. It is a good one. Because I just have to start out by saying, being home, I grew up in survival mode. And <laughs> interestingly enough, the reason why I joined the Marine Corps was a survival mode decision. I had nothing else, nothing else going that was going to keep me in Conroe, Texas. Nothing. 
And I was wow. like, I was at the, I, w- I mean, I was holding down three jobs. Um, I really didn't have any place to go. Like I wasn't going anywhere. I was, I was paycheck to paycheck, no clear plan. I tried college for a semester. I went to one class one time. And when I went to uh, re-register for the next semester, they literally laughed at me. And they're like, oh, you're so cute. You think you're coming back. No, you're not. <laughs> you didn't, no. no, you didn't even attend this semester. No, you can't register for another one. So I had absolutely no, I mean, I didn't, I didn't have any other, any other options. And I was going to go join the Air Force, and that did not work out. I'm sorry. Sorry, you said Air Force. I, I, I didn't did. know what else to do. They were locked. <laughs> the door was locked. And so it's I because he made his mission for like the next two years. years. <laughs> they don't need to work. <laughs> so I went next door to the Marine Corps office, and that recruiter spun around as soon as he heard the bell. Ding, ding, ding. And he turned around, and he looked at me in all 92 pounds, and he was like, this is not the mall. And I was like, fuck you. Sign me up. You don't get to punk me. I'll show you. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) So, yeah, everything in Texas, to me, represents survival, surviving, trying to figure out what my path is. Do you have a place like that? Like, where's your hometown? Oh, God. What do I call home now? Um, my hometown is really small. It's a town called Gales Ferry, Connecticut. So it's uh, right next to the Naval Sub Base in Groton, Connecticut. Wow. <clears throat> and uh, if you ever go through there, you'll feel like you're trapped in the 70s in a dreary movie. It's kind of, it, it's a little dreary, but it's still, it, uh, it's, it's home. I like it. But uh, I can't really say uh, I can't really say much about the surviving or thriving. We left there when I was a kid, and then my uh, when my mom got remarried, we uh, we did the whole Navy brat thing. So I moved around a ton. But uh, yeah, New England, New England is home to me. So if I had to really claim a home besides Gales Ferry, I'd say Maine. Oh wow! So that that's a that's my that's my happy. That's your happy place is in Maine. Oh yeah, stick me in the woods. Oh yeah, put me on a lake in the woods out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I'm a happy camper. That makes sense because you're out there finding all the lakes and the woods <laughs> of America. Yeah, that's the good thing about this full-time traveling life. I mean, yeah. Uh, the funnier one, we were so last uh, last week we were up in Mount Vernon, Washington, and uh, we attended a full-time families rally of a whole bunch of other full-time RV families. Yeah, awesome time, great great group of people, great group. All the it was just everything couldn't have been better. And uh, it's it's not out in the middle of nowhere. It's kind of, you know, there's a little city right next to it. There's a casino and a couple other things. And of course, there's a Walmart, you know, right down the road. <laughs> now the accent, the accent makes sense to me now. Uh, now I have some, I have a reference point. Yeah. There it is. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, we don't say R's in certain parts, of, you know. There. You know, it's not Bar Harbor, it's Bahaba. Oh, but, uh, that's true. <laughs> that is true. But uh, yeah, so that was all. It was a little bit of city, but we uh, we went over to North Cascades National Park, and uh, it was it was like getting recharged instantly. Yeah, there weren't a ton of people, but there was enough. Uh, went out and then did started doing sightseeing. This lake there, uh, Diablo Lake, is emerald green, mm. friggin' crazy green, and uh, it's all due to glacier silt from years of that uh that process what is what is silt what is uh, so basically imagine you rub two rocks together right oh okay 
you get the powder. Yeah. Well, imagine, you know, thousands, millions, blah, 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 whatever the math is. I'm sorry for all of you really smart, educated archaeologists and geologists people. I'm not very good at that yet. <laughs> you know, the, the technical uh, term, blah, blah, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like it. Damn it. It's working. It's my word. Um, but uh, they rub together and they cause this silt and the silt gets on the bottom and it reflects off the, the, the sunlight and it creates this luminescent green. So it's really cool to see. Um but yeah, we did that, and then we ended up just saying, all right, we're going to go on a hike, and we hiked up this hill to a waterfall, and it was, what, a mile, no, two miles in, and it was it was like the ultimate recharge. You know, we're out in the woods enjoying nature again, and it was like, all right, I'm good. I'm, 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 I'm in my happy place. I'll take a cabin right there on that hill. That's Would you say that you're thriving now? Oh, yeah. Now that, I'm definitely thriving. That's amazing, because I'm, I'm still just surviving. <laughs> well, we're all in our different place. Absolutely. I, if, when you and I, for those of you who don't know this, so Jack and I have known each other, what, was that 2011? Yep. Yeah, so we've known each other going on nine. eight years, huh? Yeah. Nine. Eight, yeah. nine years. I, I'm not very good at math. I didn't do the MCI very well. I'll admit, Marine Corps math for <laughs> Marines, I used the back. I cheated. Yeah. Take that off my DD-214. <laughs> Take that 80% back. I don't care. Mm, scored big. You got now my promotion. How you like that? Um, so, yeah, we've known each other for a while. When we first met, I was on recruiting duty in the Marines. Yep. And at that time, I was, uh, I was kind of in survival mode, and then I hit thrive mode. And then I changed jobs while I was in recruiting, and I went into dire survival mode of like starvation and just hell. So, uh, yeah, so survival was definitely there. So I spent, a, I've spent quite a long time in the survival mode. Yeah. And you had to shift your mindset because that's what I'm finding. Like I'm just now getting into, I'm done. I'm done just feeling like, um, we, we have to push through life as though it's something that is happening to us. And yeah. If if we didn't work for it, if we didn't battle it, if we didn't fight for it, then it wasn't worth it. And I just don't, I don't know that I believe that anymore. And, but it takes a mind switch. But do you think that it takes a mind switch to even start moving out of survival mode? Or do you think, you know, just ambition and know-how and eventually you find yourself out of survival mode? Kind of what I think is several things. I mean, one, it's, you know, once you're in survival mode, you're kind of like the rat in the corner. You're, you're looking for how you're going to get, how you're going to get out. You know, you're in just any mode you can to get out of that. Mm-hmm. But it, sometimes it takes a little trigger or that little sight to see something that, hey, look, oh, okay, if I go that way, then, you know, it might move you in the right direction. I do think it's a mental part. You know, one, you got to think about where you want to be but also you have to pull the trigger on changing things yeah you know it's it's that that's i think that's the hardest one is we're, we're all creatures of habit no one wants the the evil c word change no. oh my god i gotta change myself what do you mean i'm perfect the way i am you're right you are perfect you know you're for a lack of fight club terms yes you're a unique and beautiful snowflake yes <laughs> yes you are you unique beautiful <laughs> messed up yellow snowflake you yeah. and just accept it accept that you're it's, you're not broken 
you're dented and it's okay to be dented. Yeah, perfectly. <laughs> well, and, the, and then there's other folks that are, are more in uh, what I would call martyrdom. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, it's, you know, it's just bad stuff always happens to me or this is how it's supposed to be or this is, this is just life. It is what it is. I'm never, you know, like the, the whole, they've accepted this is as good as it's going to get. And why even shoot for anything better than that? See, I get that. I was there and I've been there a lot of times. I'm sure you have too, mm-hmm. but it takes, it takes that one outside influence to realize that no, there is something there because you don't, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Right. And you, you, and that's the hard part is that in that moment, yeah, you feel like, you know what, this is just my fate. Yeah. God, God dealt me this card, man. I, I guess it's right? just as good as it's going to get. I better just put on my cool pants and say this friggin' sucks, whatever. I'm going to embrace it. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. Embrace the suck. Right. Oh yeah. And <laughs> my, my motivator when all of this started for me, this started for me back in 2006 and my motivator was, um, I, the same way that I got recruited in to the Marine Corps. Actually, somebody challenged me and it was my boss as a matter of fact. And I was doing, um, I, I wasn't, I was wanting to get into managerial and executive, right? And that's what I was working my degree towards. That's what I was working my experience towards. And so I had great ideas because I was a new learner of business. I was a new, and I was new in civilian life too, because I got out in 2003. So 2008, I'd only been in the civilian corporate world for five years. And it was the same company that I was in. And my, I was, I was, offering a suggestion on how we could handle a certain situation. And he whipped around and looked at me. He goes, you need to know your lot in life. <laughs> and, and this I is went, where Brian got fired after throwing something <laughs> at someone. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. That could have been the way the story went, but I was so taken aback and I was like, my lot and this isn't my lot. This is not, what I'm going to know. And I just remember getting uh, defiant because I wasn't angry, but I was, I got defiant. And I was like, bet I will show you. And sure enough, I mean, I passed him up. So that's all good. Like, that's, yeah, you can't, you yeah. You can't tell me what box I need to live in. I'm not going to allow that. So it doesn't. And then I moved into started asking, does it really have to be this difficult? this complicated I mean I mean why why does it have to be so complicated and so difficult to be to enjoy life and to be happy and to make money and live well like I don't understand why it has to be so miserably hard it should be energetically hard it should be intriguingly complex but it shouldn't be miserable shouldn't be misery yeah Right? Oh, yeah. Hell no. But that's the thing. We all, the old saying, you know, misery loves company. Mm-hmm. If you feed that beast, it's just going to stay there. But it's an easier thing because it's kind of what we've been, it's kind of how our parents, if you think about it, how they, in a way, and this is my opinion, of course, <laughs> I ain't no psychologist. 
but the uh, the patients. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, you ain't getting meds, son. You're Mm. gonna listen to this one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the look at how our parents were. You know, they were on how we were as kids. You know, especially you and I. I mean, we're the same age. Mm -hmm. You know, we we grew up in the whole tech booming as kids. Our parents were the investors, the changers. And then how the economy changed and how, God, I hate to say this word, how politics changed, Mm -hmm. how all of that changed, forced our families to change their game and change how they lived and how we perceived it. You know, it's not like the 1950s where, and I'm not condoning this, please don't take it that way, you know, the breadwinner, the stay at home, the kids were taken care of, you know, the dinner, oh, hello, dear, you know, all that crap. But it was a little different. You didn't need the two incomes. You didn't need all these pieces and then when we were kids holy crap it was the start of it you know it was it was the start of it you you couldn't you couldn't one person couldn't work there was no way to feed x number of mouths or to be able to do the thing and then transition to us we turned of the adult age and we started our lives and followed the same pattern along with you know hey we got to have the newest latest and greatest here we are i need the new Mm -hmm. iphone i need the new apple or i need the new samsung yeah hey these are thousand dollar hits and then in reality, we're working double hard for objects and things. And now, yep, and we're slaves to our job because, well, crap, I'm $100,000 in debt. Yeah. I got I to gotta pay it off. Yeah. So we're, we're chasing our tails there. And, yeah, people get into the box and they fit into that box because they're miserable. And then they're like, oh, this is, you know, it's just a vicious wheel and a vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. And then the, the question is, is. Yeah, you know, where's the breaking point? Where is your trigger to get out of the the loop? When are you going to turn right instead of keep turning left? Right, and so. and then you wait for that for for some sort of permission. Like mm-hmm. it's okay, yeah. it's it's okay if you go against the status quo. And I don't know if it's because um, growing up in Southeast Texas, you know, because we're we're not part of like deep South, but we're, we're Southern cause we're Southeast Texas. And so there was a bit of a, a role based between men and women. Um, and I think that that's, you can ask any of any of my people that I grew up with, um, pretty much anyone from my generation here. And they'll, they'll agree. I think we all had that same sentiment that there was a expectation and an idea. And I remember being told at a young age, I said, I'm going to grow up and be a policeman. And I was told, Nope, you can be a teacher a secretary or a wife. Oh yeah. I remember those ones. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know if I'd be good at any of those. Um, I kind of want a gun and be able to yell at people like that. I feel like yeah, put those I... together at the same time. What what could possibly go wrong, Jack? <laughs> like I just need not that. I need to do something else. And so my dad was super happy when I came home and said I'm going into the military, and he was like, "What?" That was not on the list. I was like, no, it wasn't. Nope, I'm going to MEPS tomorrow, though. (laughs) It's on the list now. (laughs) I'm MEPS. Mm -hmm. Damn that place. Oh, yeah, I had to go in on a weight waiver. It almost wasn't on the list because there was some some talk back and forth like, I can't guarantee she won't blow away if we put her in a high wind situation. So... Oh uh, man, and you're only gonna lose weight in boot camp. 
So, I mean, it's like, yeah, you need to be a triple rat. I was. I was on double rats, and I actually gained 25 pounds. Needed it, you friggin' twig. I know. I know. (laughs) I will say this, though. I do feel like boot camp, not so much um, my MOS school, because it's 29 palms. You are just surviving in 29 palms. Just (laughs) like I don't understand what I could have possibly done so poorly in this life or past life or (laughs) in a future life that you have sent me to this horrible, horrible place for three months. This is terrible. I apologize. (laughs) This is honestly the worst place in the world. But any of those people that have never been to 29 Palms, just imagine a desert that is miserable with limited everything and it's hot all the time. And if it's not hot, it's friggin' freezing. freezing. And then you've got a water treatment plant that basically makes the entire base smell like shit. Yeah, actual shit. And the PFT course, you have to run through it around the lake of shit. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Sure do. Mm. And you wonder why Marines are angry at 29 Palms. (laughs) I can't imagine why. But (laughs) I was. I I felt like I was... um, finally thriving I felt like I was thriving there and probably because my meals were taken care of like all I had to worry about was getting to where I was supposed to go at the time I was required to be there 3400 hours prior to I had to be there and (sighs) mop the rain and rake the the desert and you know just it it definitely was the structure that I needed and um, the consistency that I craved. Okay. And it has helped me in civilian life, but coming out in civilian life and then living in Southern California, which is very different and very fast-paced and very hectic, and to be on a single income with a child and trying to give him the best of everything. And his, his dad and I, I mean, we get along amazingly so it wasn't like woman on an island here but I was still a single person income a single income house Um, so there was a lot of times where you couldn't think about advancement or progress at least it felt that way in the moment that Mm -hmm. I can't think five years or ten years I can't think savings account I can't think um vacations or anything like that I have to think about this paycheck goes to these bills and everything's rationed off and it's only been in the last eight years that that has um leveled off to where and what changed it though what got you on the level I ambition ambition and always first off I had to as soon as as soon as that boss said, you need to know your lot in life. I immediately went, no. And I'm talking instantaneously. I said, I'm going to take an inventory. What do I need to keep moving upwards? What do I need? And what am I lacking? And where are my weaknesses? And start working on those systematically. Just concentrate, focus on one, figure out what companies need, figure out what my field is, what's missing in that field, and then own it and never say no. Always volunteer, 
which is was a hard thing to come back from in the military because you never volunteered in the in the military at all. <laughs> but you always like, but in business, you want to be the one that's like, hey, I got this. Hey, I got this. Um, always have an answer. Always find an answer. And the most important lesson that I learned was, and I learned this later, that it truly is okay to say, I don't know, I'll get back to you. And that sounds small, but it warrants you the most respect in business when you don't have all the answers. So that was the biggest lessons I learned. And then I just kept growing. And then I found us vets and there was something missing in my life that I wasn't serving. And I, I do feel like I would have, I don't know. I just, I've, I needed, I needed to have that military connection again. That made me stronger somehow. And so I was able to have that through, U.S. vets, but with U.S. vets, there's networking and there's other veterans. And I got that community back, which just strengthened me. And that propelled that I tripwired into consulting because of one of those vets on the advisory board. He invited me to a breakfast meeting with a couple of, uh, with a CEO and a chief operating officer, a COO of a company. And the next thing I know, I'm on a plane consulting for that company. And now I have a consulting business. Nice. I know, completely tripwired. I had to call. I called my friend about a week later, and I was like, they're asking for a proposal. I thought I was just meeting them. He was like, oh, no, you're a consultant now. This is your hourly rate. This is what you're supposed to be doing. I'm like, um. <laughs> and that grew to five clients and then six clients, and, you know, and, and that grew my resume, which got me my next corporate gig at a at a larger salary and, a, and a, eventually a, an, an officer position. So it was movement. It was, I'm not going to, I'm I finding that motivation. If I had to drill it down, like being challenged, that's my motivation. I love a challenge. Um, not necessarily proving anyone wrong. Cause he wasn't in my, like he wasn't in my line of sight. Like I didn't set out to prove that guy wrong. You know what I mean? But it gave me the motivation. Like, is this my lot in life? Is this all that there is? I don't think so because I choose it not to be. And then I just, it's a systematic approach of, okay, what's in front of me? What do I need to knock down? What do I need to keep to build? That's it. And see, you bring up a really good point there with just two words, systematic approach. Mm. And I think that's one thing that people forget. And I think it, it forces them to stay in survival mode because you're, you're never going to thrive if you keep doing the same thing. And, you know, the old definition of insanity, keep doing the same thing. What's the change? None. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you're saying, hey, I want to change XXXX and this, you need to come up with an approach to do it. And I think a lot of people don't know where to start. And that that is where the problem, I think, really kicks in because you, you got to remind yourself that, hey, this is not an overnight fix. That This is a long term. I'm changing something to make me better. and if you don't have that extra pieces to get there the other one kind of comes in with something that you said too it sounds like is you got to have the right friends and i don't mean the friends that are going to hook you up buddy buddy backdoor deal thing you didn't have that Mm -mm. you had a friend that saw something in you and said hey watch this hold my beer i'm going to move you in this direction right (laughs) and it and it was the right slingshot because other people will see something in us i mean 
everyone sees something different. Somebody told somebody on Facebook, I remember seeing this once, every person has a different opinion of you, no matter what. And even in yourself, when you look in the mirror, you have an opinion of you that you will hold on to and somebody else will hold an opinion of you. It's, it's a weird cycle. And then you might have that one friend that does that one hookup that goes, Hey, I think you should do this. So I, I, I totally get what you're saying. And I think if, you know, for people that are stuck and you're constantly stuck and you're like, Oh God, how do I get unstuck? I go on Google. How do I get unstuck? You can read thousands of books. Oh yeah. And you can read thousands of motivational posters, but in reality, it only comes down to the one thing you gotta do the work. You got to start with the inventory. And I like the idea. I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think about you have to go out and talk to people. You have to go find others that are willing to be a mirror for you. Um, A true mirror, not one that not someone that's trying to tear you down or um, shade you in an in a unflattering way or just concentrate on your weaknesses, but somebody that can see a mirror and go, Hey, this is where you're, you're kind of fucking it up. All right. Love and compassion, but <laughs> dude, you need to work on ABC, but this is what you're excelling at and understand like being tripwired into something is not going to be everyone's like a lot of people would not do well with that, but this person knew, Oh, she's got a she, I like that word slingshot. She's got to be, she's got to be challenged. She'll rise to it. That's the only way she's going to prove it, that this is where she's going to go. So someone mm-hmm. that's willing to know you well enough. I, yeah. Community. That's huge. Yep, and it's easy to isolate, it, it, especially when you're on a downward spiral. So, uh, uh, I'm going to go on a long one. You ready? ready. <laughs> All right. So on recruiting duty, I had a really, I had an interesting, I had two COs. Uh, first one, great. Understood him, gave him what he wanted. Everything was perfect. And I did my job and he's like, Hey, I'm promoting you to this position. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Then he changed. We got a new CEO and the new CEO had a very different approach and it was like, Oh, okay. But I had already kind of hit into a very, I'd I'd hit into a very nasty downward spiral due to, Oh gosh, I really wish I could pinpoint it to one object, but it was just, it's recruiting. So it's probably 20 different things that happened. And that kind of also brought, you know, that CEO brought up the first time, what, how I kind of brought, or uh, gave me this thought of, well, Demo, are you surviving or are you thriving? And I looked at him like, what? He's like, well, are you surviving or are you thriving? I said, sir, you, if you can't see that I'm drowning right now, then we had, we need to have a better conversation. And he kind of looked at it and he's like, why, why are you drowning? And he started, you know, trying to lead me down the path. And I was already kind of already, I was in a bad place as it was then. Um, for those of you who don't know about military recruiting, it is a very interesting game. Um, it's rewarding, but it's also, uh, it's like the Black Plague. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot, I mean, hell, I, I hate to say it, but I, I've met, I know of a couple of recruiters that unfortunately have committed suicide due oh to the job God. and God, it, it sucks. And I know there are people like, oh, I had nothing to do with recruiting. It's like, nah, kind of did. But, uh, in the end of it too, it's like, you know, a lot of this thing all comes together. So sorry, as I get a little off track there, it, it's, it's these weird things. So I, you know, I was telling him, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm not even surviving. I'm dying every day. I'm dying a little. It's like, okay. 
well, let's start doing this. What's, what's your inventory? I don't even know what you're talking about. And he tried to walk me down your path. And I didn't even know this back then. I really, I had no idea what this guy, I thought he was screwing with me. <laughs> like, yeah, you're just trying to see how far I go before I call, you know, the, uh, what was it called? The de-stress hotline or end up, you know, tapping out or something. Right. In reality, he actually, you know, he gave a shit. He really did. I was surprised. Um, not, not because, you know, of the CEO thing. It was just somebody had taken a moment out and instead of why don't I have my bones? It was dude, what the hell is going on? And so right. he kind of walked me down the path a little, you know, he's like, all right, what if we change this? And what if we change that? And it, it worked for a little while, but the problem still was a downward spiral of doom. It just, there was other factors that I were beyond my control. And then there were factors that were within my mental capacity and mental control that I was just so broken down at the time. I was just done mentally, completely and utterly just done. And he really kept on asking me, he's like, any, anytime I see him, what are you doing? Are you surviving or are you thriving? I'm dying. Okay. How? What's the pillar? You know, and he would find these things and break them down. So it came down to sitting there really thinking to myself, how the hell do I get out of this rat race and how do I fix it? And at the mental inventory and the whole unloading of the personal baggage and trying to figure out what it was, it helped a little. Not a lot, but a little. Now fast forward, here we are, God, 13, 15, six years later, God, still wish it was an eternity ago. <laughs> we fast forward it a couple years, and now I take inventory and I look back on the past because it's a lot easier to look back. It's so hindsight's twenty twenty, And I know now why I was drowning, and I can pinpoint things of why I was drowning and where to change it. And I can also pinpoint why I was self-deprecating. Yes, self-deprecating. Love that word. Because it was easier to take the shot to the face on your own than it was to make it look like it was somebody else's fault. Even if it was somebody else's fault, you couldn't blame. You just had to be like, no, it's me because I'm the leader. I'm. It's my fault. Shoot me. Don't don't shoot them. Make make this communist Russia. Let's go down that path. Well, and that's the leadership trait, right? Is take the hit. Take the blame, that was, not the credit. And that's the part that really, and I think a lot of people, and I, I don't know, I, this has been my mental stock. I've been running on that thought a while, and I don't know why. But the whole, yeah, take the blame and then deal with it privately. There's there's a part to that because there's also that piece of this. How is it you're taking, how and why are you taking the blame? Are you taking it to take it so your section looks good or your team looks good? Or are you taking it because, hey, yeah, that, that was my fault? Or is it really just trying to be a good leader and making your people think, oh, this is how he, take, he or she takes care of me? Mm-hmm. Before you, you know, I, I, in my humble, small opinion, I think, yeah, you may want to take some blame. But on that same piece, you know, you got to tell your people too, hey, look, we can play the shit rolls downhill game all day. I can crush your soul anytime I want. What good is that going to do? But if you also explain to your team and your people, like, look, hey, everybody's got to be accountable. I'm accountable for all of you. But on the same note, I'm accountable to you. Mm -hmm. I'm here to help you. I'm not just Mr. or Mrs. Dictator. And people, I think a lot on the leadership side, lose sight of that. Not a ton. There, There are some amazing leaders out there that can juggle that ball all day. 
but it seems like a lot of people forget that you're accountable to both sides. And once you can balance both sides, I think you fall out of survival. You fall into thrive because now you're like, huh, wow, things have changed. My team's doing well. The product's moving or we're moving along where we need to be. Well, what was the change? What was the inventory? The inventory was X person or this or that. You figured it out. And if you can walk down that piece to figure out where the, where the weak link is without making it personal right. and blaming yourself, you, you'll find it. Holy crap. I can fix this. But, you know, a lot of people don't want to take that one. They think it's just easier to take the blame and move on. Like, all right, hey, dumbass, don't do that again. Well, right. what changed? You kind of you kind of take it on that. Oh well, if they're not if they're not being built up, I'm failing them in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you you said a good point. I think that that line, the a good leader takes the blame, never the credit. I think is is taken out of context on the reason why because you you yeah. brought up a good point, and I think it's the reason why that is a good leadership quality is the fact that someone has gotten up to leadership. It would imply that that person has better, not better. They've been more practiced or more experienced in problem solving and a solution approach. So if, if you're, if, if a higher up or someone of equal, a colleague is going, Hey, this, this got screwed up the leader should be the one well-equipped to go, I understand that it got screwed up. This is why, and these are the solutions we're doing to build it. Right? Holy and, crap. You just completed the circle. How dare you lady? <laughs> How dare I? <laughs> How dare I? I know. What do you mean you're fixing the problem? No, no, you can't fix the problem. <laughs> there are, but And there are some situations like that where they want the leader just to keep taking the hits and the hits mm. will keep on coming, but they won't give them the authority to fix it. Oh, oh I hate that. What, what do you want me to do? So you want me to just punch myself in the face? Right. Oh, got it. Absolutely. And you're not going to give me the authority to either build up the weak link the way that they need to be built up or replace the weak link with stronger. You won't let me mend the chain, but you want me to show up every meeting, every week or every day and keep just taking the hits when I'm telling you how to fix it, but you won't give me the authority to fix it. And you want me to do what? Stay engaged. You want me to stay high performing. You want me to stay high energy. What? I don't understand how that's going to work. And I think a lot of that too, is a lot of the people that are above us and not all, please don't, you know, for those of you no, listening, not it's not all. everybody, but it also is the people above us are kind of scared. They're threatened by the underlings. Absolutely. They're threatened by the man, the middle management. Like, oh, if you do too well, you're going to get my job. Exactly. Well, what the hell are you, tra- and, and it drives me nuts because <laughs> in the Marine Corps, we are not training. I, I'm not trying to hold you back. For the love of God, I, I told my Marines at my last tour, my last unit, I'm, hey, yep, cool. I'm the division chief. Great. Awesome. Look, I don't care about much of the bullshit. I am training my replacements. That corporal, he's replacing. He, the Lance, he's teaching the Lance Corporal to replace him. Why? Because yeah. he's going to become a sergeant. He's going to become a corporal. All these people, you need to just teach up, and it's okay to let somebody outshine you. Because if you do, holy shit, you probably did something amazing, and mm-hmm. that person may just be the best person for the job. And if it happens, then you go, okay, well, hey, you know what? Congratulations, dude, you made it. Absolutely. And if they're gonna, and if they get promoted above you, what did you lose? Nothing. Oh, what, what money? Oh, okay. Did you lose your job to that person? 
if you did, my next question is this, what caused that? Because it's not, it wouldn't be because they were better. It has to be something else. There was another trigger, but that can be a whole bunch of different things, but you're still, if you train somebody to do these things and you're not holding them back, you're pushing them out of survival mode, making the job, you're pushing them into thrive. And if they're thriving, other people will start thriving. And if all the people are thriving, no one is stuck in survival mode. And then if one person that does go in, the rest of the thrivers are going to see it. And they're all going to be like, oh, what's going on? How, how do we how do we get that? Because you're fostering that mentality. You're fostering those pieces to make people better. You're leaving it better than you found it. And if it doesn't change, okay, then you have to go back to step one. What is the inventory? What is the problem? Let's look it over, not personal, and just fix the damn thing. Just fix the damn thing. Yeah. Why? Oh, my God. <laughs> just, <laughs> what the heck? Why? Do we not want solutions? People just because it's more fun. And, there's people are too scared of other people's feelings. And there is some straight up peace and freedom in secession planning. And and I mm-hmm. walk into a company, I'm like, I don't want to know your secession plan for all of your managers and executives. And they're like, What? I was like, What, you don't want to hit the golf course? You wanna be here working 10, 12 hours a day for the rest until you're 65? That's what you want. You don't wanna you don't want to be able to have a little bit of a little bit of fun. You got to coach these people up to give you some free time and generate some. I mean, that's that's the point. That's what we're doing here. And <laughs> they look at me like you are a little crazy. I'm like, mm, if am I? Am I? <laughs> am I? Because I don't plan on being so tired. At 63, and the only thing I can think about is, thank God I'm going to be retiring soon. Thank God I'm going to be retiring soon. <laughs> like, that seems miserable to me. Well, a lot of people think that, hey, you know what? We have to, I have to grind like that. I have to do this. I have to hit these checks in the blocks. Mm-hmm. It was like we talked about on the, on the verb on the phone or the video interview. Yeah. It's not a check in the box, man. It's not a, oh, you know, you've got to wait until your ex date to do this. You know, it's so what I'm 38 years old and I am retired. For those that don't know me, I am full blown retired. I am military retired and that is it. Yep. And that is how I survive. I survive on my retirement. Well, I can't say survive. I'm doing pretty okay. But, but I also, you know, I also live in an RV and I live you, well within my means. Yeah. But you looked at life's check boxes and you said, oh, is that the list? Oh, cool. I'll be over here if you need me. Y'all keep yeah. doing, y'all keep doing whatever that you want to do. And you know what? That's, I think, another rule that has to be to help get you unstuck and to get into survival mode or to get into thriving mode from survival mode is don't be worried if people think you're nuts. Who cares what they think? Exactly. And if there's not a, if there's not a good portion of people looking at what you're doing going, that's crazy, then you're not doing, you're not taking risks. No. And it's okay to take risks. It is completely okay to take risks, mm-hmm. but also have a plan for your risk. Yes. You know, you, you, you <laughs> well, got to find it. Don't <laughs> What is the, the end game of this? <laughs> and when I jump out of the plane, do I have a parachute? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. You can jump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do when I jump out of the plane, I have an umbrella. You're not Mary Poppins. No. You, you can't hope on that. <laughs> Fly on down and meet a chimney sweep and it all mm. work out. It's not going to happen. Yeah. You know, somebody once said, and I, I still to this day, I know who said it. 
I know he'll never listen to this podcast, unfortunately, but you know, on the same note, I probably wouldn't want him to anyway. But he's he used to say hope is not a good koa. For those that don't know what cover means, you know, course of action. Mm. You're right. Hope isn't a good course of action. However, hope can be a nice little driving factor of the original plan. Yeah. But you still gotta know what you're what risk you're gonna take. Mm. How am I gonna change? Because no there's no change without risk. Oh, there's no way you're going to not be, there's no risk aversion on that one. No, there's no fear. I mean, you have to have fear to change. You have to have worry. If you're not feeling a little bit of anxiety, please email, tell us your secret, how you're getting yeah. past that. Cause there, there's all of that, but those, you have to lean into those and acknowledge those because those are the, they're not supposed to be obstacles. They're supposed to be like little reminders, like, Hey, Let's go ahead and plan out this little spot. If that's what we're worried about, let's make sure it's covered. Let's make sure mm-hmm. we ha- it's accounted for and we know how to plan for that. So if you're looking at moving, if you're looking at hitting the road and living the Dima life, like <laughs> that's what I'm going to call <laughs> it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Starting. I, I've had so many people come up to me and go, you do a podcast. I want to do a podcast. We'll do one. Get a microphone talk into a device, and then upload it. That's all you have to do. Just do one. See how you feel. What if I fail? What if you succeed? I don't know what to tell you. Talk into a microphone, into a device, upload it, see what happens. Because once you do it the first time, do anything the first time, if you don't have everything you need to take stock, to take inventory of what you want to do, where you want to go, you have to at least attempt something to that. So that you can take an inventory and go, all right, this is my baseline. This is where I start. Now, how do I grow it? And people are going to look at you like you're crazy. But you have to find that baseline in order to even take the inventory. You have to go, wait, where am I even starting? Where's the starting line? And now let me map out to that finish line. Right? Yup. And that's what people need to remember. It's okay. It's It's not an overnight fix. Just take the inventory, start the plan, and make and just and keep notes. Oh wow, it's not a mental thing. Keep the notes. Absolutely. I mean, what do you take them? Take a lot of notes. What do you think the biggest pushback is going to be? Because I I I'm going to tell you what my opinion is, how we're talking about it, but I want to know what yours is. Why well, I think people worry about what other people are going to think more often than not, and they're scared also of failing. They're the fear of failure, so they don't jump. I think that those are my two big ones is people's other opinion and own self fear. I have to agree with you. And I think (laughs) I have to agree with you. And I think another, because of the way that we've, when you say what we've said out loud about establish, you know, taking inventory, setting a baseline, stepping outside your comfort zone, taking a risk, lean into your fear, make a plan. It sounds simple when you say it, and they automatically go, well, if it was that easy, everybody would do it. But it is that easy. It is that easy. <laughs> That's Not everything the... has to be difficult. Exactly. Um, it's going to be your own level of diff- – it's going to feel difficult to you, and it's going to be – you're going to have sleepless nights. You're going to have a lot of worried nights, especially if you're making a – a professional move, if you're making a lifestyle change, if you're even changing a habit that you have, 
Like you want to cut out um, coffee or smoking or whatever. You're going to be so worried about that. But it is as simple as planning and getting better every day and taking inventory every day. I think one other piece you need too is a a partner. You need a teammate to work with you on this too because – I would say to hold you accountable, but on the same note, that sounds kind of rough, but another one to kind of motivate you and keep you like, Hey, how's it going with this? Yeah. And it could be anybody. It could be a family member. It could be a best friend. It could be somebody, you know, hell go into the forums or, you know, <laughs> too bad. We can't go back to the old school, the old chat block, you know, right. Hey guys, I'm doing this. Um, cool. <laughs> ASL. Um, ASL. why do you want to, <laughs> for those of you that are young and don't understand, go Google what that means. You, you young bucks, you, <laughs> but I mean, you know, it, it's not, it's, you need a partner, you need a teammate in these and it, and it really helps. And of all things, I found this recently, and I didn't really believe in it until I started playing with it. There's actually mentors on LinkedIn that are just yeah. bored. They will happily reach, you know, you can reach out to them, and, and they're free, shockingly free. Absolutely. You pose you a question, do, and you get matched. Yep. And you just have to ask, hey, would you be willing to mentor me in this? Mm-hmm. And some, a lot of them are like, yeah, sure, why not, man? What's the worst they're going to tell you? No. And then you go, all right, you know, it, it's like the dating thing. You, you're never going to know if you, well, I don't know if she'll say yes. Okay. Well, that, that That's cool, bro. That's, that's cool. Just go ask. Yeah. Oh, she said yes. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> well, now you got to go buy flowers. <laughs> yeah. You know, but if they say no, there's another mentor out there. Yeah, there is. And you just keep just, moving. There will always be somebody and you got to and you have to and I hate to say this word leech, but you need to leech on and not latch leech to literally suck from these people, the successful people above you. You need to leech on some of their meant their traits and thrive on them. Mm-hmm. And I've got one and I, I don't know if he'll ever listen to it, but a guy named Koenig. I love that man to death. And he was like the embodiment of praise, praise in public destroy in private you know all these things and he had mannerisms that i was like why am i copying you what the hell and i didn't realize it but it's just he became one of those kind of people that i just leached on because it was like oh my gosh i want to be like you mm-hmm. but my own person but you got to find these people that are like that and then once you you know you, you get that piece you have them with you and you still stay with them you also find another successful person and then you keep building your successful just learning 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 and asking questions and you're going to develop higher. You, there's no way you can't. The and, only way I, I can't imagine you can't. Oh, you absolutely will. And then one day you'll turn around and somebody's leeching off of you and trying to get all your knowledge. You're like, wait, <laughs> I'm smart. <laughs> oh, whoa. You want, you want to know what I think? Oh, okay. <laughs> get away from me. Leech. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still growing. <laughs> you don't know anything. Boo. <laughs> But people, I think too many people are scared, and the, yeah, and that's the hardest one. You you can't be scared of changing. You can't be scared of making yourself better. And I, I and my biggest, one of my biggest teammates is Jen, my wife. And I know that sounds cliche, but she's like my ultimate teammate. I'll tell her things, and she'll look at me and be like, "Huh? Well, I mean, we can do that, or we could do this and add to it. You know, it's, it's not a but. It's mm-hmm. always an, well, what if we add?" 
you know, you, you got to have some teammate that you can talk to and they're like, okay, that sounds great. And let's add this piece, you know, get rid of, butt, get rid of, butt from your conversation pieces. When it's, somebody's asking you things, get rid of that. They'll say, well, we could do that, but just that we could do that. And well, that's an interesting point because we, we kind of, uh, gravitated towards, uh, surviving versus thriving in, in life, mm-hmm. which went to business, which went to financial, but in relationships, how did y'all get to thriving in your relationship? Was it, was it, was it that communication piece? Um, yeah, I think it kind of was I mean, partially for those of you who didn't watch the video, uh, Jen and I went through a cool little pairs retreat on the military to kind of understand communication because we did communicate the same way. You know, I didn't understand what she was talking about. She didn't understand what I was talking about. We were talking two different languages. Mm-hmm. But then we kind of understood things and we just built it over time of like, okay, I know what you're saying. But we also got into the habit of doing this. I have no idea what you're talking about. Can you explain that to me? And that piece right there was big. It was like, what do you mean you don't understand this? How do you not understand? Like, I just don't get it. What I heard was this. Oh, no, that's not what I meant. What did you mean? I meant this. Oh, oh yeah, that, duh, that makes sense. <laughs> Well, and what's so interesting about that is you kind of followed the same steps, right? I mean, you took an inventory, you took a systematic approach, you had a community, you planned for the change, you implemented it, and you kept going every day. You worked at it. Yep. And it's not hard to do. Who knew? Who knew that it doesn't have to be soul crushing? Like you don't have to be, I don't know, there's just that stigma I guess in my, at least in my head from I don't know if it's I don't know if it was something I was privy to or just I don't know where I was taught that but that something had to end for something else to begin that something had to uh, die out before something else could be born right so like there's this whole cyclical kind of thing that you can't merge we're just now getting in or I am I'm just now getting into that beautiful beautiful aspect of I can merge from one lane to another <laughs> like I don't have to stay on I don't have to stay on the same road I can merge into another road or into another direction I can do a u-turn I can make a left or a right like I don't have to completely crash my vehicle <laughs> and, and try to come out the other side of that Yep. Yeah, it can be that easy. It can be that simple. This hour went by super fast. We're at fifty-eight thirteen right now. Oh damn! What could we possibly do with ourselves? I don't know, but I'm excited about that. I mean, this this to be our first. So this is going to be happening every week, and it's going to be released on Thursday. It's just going to be audio. Um. But I think that we have to do some lives. Like I know Anbry, we you know is Saturday lives and Tuesday lives. I haven't gone live in a couple, but we need to do a co-host live. I think once a week, Ooh. just for Q and A. Maybe great Saturdays. Some... Yeah. Hey, I'm down. If Done. anybody's listening too, it's it's great when we get listeners too. That like people on the videos, like, hey, what do you think of this? Just send right. us questions. Like, all right, let's talk about it. Don't use your name unless you want to come on. But it's like. What, you want us to help you? Okay, that's what we're here for. I mean, I don't think this podcast is in any way, shape, or form a look at us, how successful we are. (laughs) 
come on, man. With the... it's, d- dude, do something cool. Let me help you. <laughs> Why? Wait, what is that movie? With... Which one? Oh, with, uh... well, you, there's a little Ace Ventura in there. Yeah. And then there's a little bit of little Caddyshack-ish. Yeah. What's the... <laughs> Sorry, I, li- I live vicariously through all the great movies. <laughs> <laughs> the spy who, that's what it was the spy who shagged me oh, little, little, <laughs> little austin powers yes. dang I, I totally forgot about that guy <laughs> yeah so it was a little austin powery nice, nice little i austin. like it <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, but, yeah hit us up people let's help you out We're not gonna get too crazy with the cheese whiz just it could be fun or you could just you know still keep doing the same thing you're doing of wondering what the hell you're going to do and you know, just yeah. keep running the rat race. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Go buy, go buy another $30 book. Ooh, Read it, don't... get excited and then taper out. Yeah. 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 We could. I mean, I love me a good self-help book. Yeah. <laughs> you want to start a book club? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, as long as there's whiskey, I can't do wine. Oh, yeah. The Whiskey Book Club. <laughs> the Whiskey Tango Foxtrot Book Club. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. That's, there's going to be some t-shirts. There's going to be some coffee mugs. It's mm. going to be amazing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We got, well, we do have to close the hour. And if anybody has any questions for Brian or I, you can always reach us here on the Anbury um, Facebook page. If you have a question and you want to reach Brian, our never ending summers on Facebook, I'm going to put links always on these posts as we share and in the description on the podcast, this is going to be streaming. And if you're listening to it now, then you're either on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify. Yeah. One of those three. Eventually I think Google play has a podcast platform we gotta get on le google le, le google <laughs> since they're about to own the world we should start streaming <laughs> to them i know google can hear me right now through one of these mini devices sitting in front of me so no yes Ooh, it's not listening to you and the cat food that you need because you have cats you have cats <laughs> great i lo- thank you for all those ads thank you you're so, so much. welcome <laughs> and if no one believes you we'll leave you with this there, there's your you can do an experiment put your phones get a group of people put your phones in the middle of the table and just have a conversation on one topic like cat food or sweet and low and you'll start seeing ads on your phone appear it is the craziest thing Mm, that's so good that's so good yep i think we should also maybe i don't know it's running a little longer here but i want to bring up a couple of different companies too that we've seen kind of succeed like little startups and stuff yeah that could be fun so if you got a new startup, I'd love to hear some of your stuff thoughts on that too. I'd love to hear some new startups like, hey, this is what we did to change our change our minds on things or hit the lows and highs. Yeah, we're gonna have okay. We just invented a startup strategy corner. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, we're awesome. <laughs> Best podcast you'll ever need, people. You don't even know. Oh great, now I've snorted on my own podcast. (laughs) (laughs) No judgment. No judgment. Judgment Judgment-free zone here. (laughs) 
All right, we have startup strategy (laughs) corner. Startup strategy corner. We have question corner. We've got our plugs for the pages. Um, This is piping through Anbury, and what else we got for for winding down our first episode? Oh man, try something new this week. I don't know. I like something you, what's, what's something you wanted to always do? I know this might take a couple more extra minutes here, but hmm. what is something you have wanted to be like, you know, I want to try this? It's not something new that I wanted to try, but it's something that I have not um, been doing because Ooh. I have, it's not so much fear. Um, it, it, it does have a lot to do with, um, I'm not sure how I feel about it yet, so I'm not I'm not going to move forward till I know how I feel about it. Okay. But I don't like that about myself. I don't like the fact that I have to I'm a big planner, so don't go back on where I'm not contradicting what we said earlier. A plan is important, but I'm a very rigid planner. So I like I like to yes. I have to work on my flexibility and also that I don't have to know what the final output is going to be when I start. It's okay. I don't have a clear in focus end result. I just need to start. So, and that has been my writing. I have, I'm about, I'm in the second chapter of a book that I'm writing and I've let two people kind of proofread it that I respect highly and they have been emailing me going when's the next chapter give me the next chapter give me the ne-. and I I've, I've I've literally stopped myself from sitting down and writing look at you congrats it's awesome you got a couple of people that want you to keep pushing dude right well they're the only two people I've allowed <laughs> to look well, at it but that's what you, yeah. you put two in the box I put two in the box <laughs> and um they're very honest they're they're right know get your community know your community know the people that are going to be good for you that's not going to um sugarcoat it and i did i picked two people that would say uh don't quit your day job um Mm -hmm. this should go just into a journal that no one else should look at ever ever (laughs) in fact make sure it's like one of those diaries that has like a lock on it and then lose the key they would be very comfortable in telling me that and that's who i needed in the box that's a good friend. Those are good friends. <laughs> Absolutely, those are good friends. Oh, hell. Every time All I right. go to sing karaoke, these are the same ones that go, I don't ever sing anywhere outside of the car or the the 11th hour at a karaoke bar. Like, never sing when anyone's over. That's not fair to the public. <laughs> it's not okay. <laughs> you need to make sure everybody has a shot or five <laughs> before you start greening. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. <laughs> yep. What's yours? What are you going to try new? Except uh, rebuild. I'm... Is that your new? Did I did I steal your thunder? Uh, no, no. Okay. That's, I mean, I am going to rebuild a bearing I, that I've never had to on a car. Um, but yeah, you know, I think I'm actually going to tamper around with the tamper. Oh boy, that's not a good word to use. Only um, if you're talking <laughs> about certain things, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. medicine bottles or. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, we're not going to go into the classified stuff. Um, <laughs> redacted, redacted, I, redacted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I need you to edit that. Um, 
I think I'm going to mess around with some um, electronics this week. I'm a little um, – one thing that scares the hell out of me is electronics. Uh, it's always been my biggest fear. I got electrocuted once when I was working on a helicopter, and it wasn't like a death electrocution. It was enough to me to be like, nah, now I'm going to stay away from electronics, bro. I'm good. Oh, wow. Um, so I have a couple electrical issues that uh, are popping up, and uh, I'm going to put on my big boy pants and my rubber underwear. And uh, I'm going to go tamper some electronics and hope that I don't shock the piss out of myself. Our underwear. <laughs> oh, <laughs> don't want to make a mess, man. It's like the rubber sheets. You just keep them on. No, because <laughs> then you get electrocuted and then you have to do cleanup. <laughs> That's just... But at least it's all there. It's in one place. It didn't like go out. So it's all good. Right. It's, like, it's, in, it's, like a ma- it's like your own diaper. So... Oh, my God. That sounds horrible. This is disgusting. I don't want to do that. Um <laughs> <laughs> See, there's my fear. Look at that. Boom. I just nailed fear. <laughs> Put on your big boy rubber underwear and yeah. try your something new. And I'm going to uh, put out there, I'm going to hit 500 words. Cool. I'm going right. to do 500 words this week. So next week, if I'm alive, we'll have another podcast about some electronics, what things we did, your words. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I guess that while we're offline, we'll have to figure out what we're going to talk about next week. We've got so many good things. We do. I don't think it's going to be a problem. I really Probably don't. <laughs> this is going to be amazing. I'm so happy that we're doing this. Me too. It should be fun. And for those of you that are still on the treadmill, good job. I'm proud good. of you. You did good. You did a whole hour. <laughs> you did. You poor soul. Yeah. Now, stretch go and have hydrate. Some... <laughs> stretch and hydrate. Walk it. <laughs> cool down circle. <laughs> cool down circle. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. No mas. No mas. <laughs> poor favor. <laughs> All right, y'all, catch us next week, and um, we're going to be throwing out some trailers, um, and we're definitely going to be keeping you updated on what's coming down the, is it pipe or pike? How's the saying go? No, you can say either, really. I mean, depends on where you're from, maybe. Uh, You want to go pike? Fine, I'll go New England. Show me what's coming down the pipe. All right, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and sign off. And Don't forget to go to Anbury. Take a look and come over to our never-ending summers. Check us out. You got to see some stuff. All of us. We got some cool things. All you of us do. You posted some gorgeous pictures. Completely jealous this week. Y'all go like them. And also uh, follow Brian's um, interview post. because, And we need to go ahead and just do a brand new post with all the links that you have on um, getting your passes. Oh, your video on your page on how to get your passes and, um, into the, into the parks. If you're a veteran. Oh yeah. 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 If you're service connected. So go and go to our never ending summers. Cause you posted it. You shared it to that page, right? Yeah. It's all, I think I went live from that one. So it should be our underscore never underscore ending underscore. Cause I'm original like that summers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or just our neverendingsummers.com. I'll eventually get it. I'll post it on there. Perfect. And I'm going to put all the links in the in the description. All right. Well, we're going to sign off, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, Brian. It was nice talking to you. Good talking to you, buddy. See you next week. See ya. Tell the family hey. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye.